The following is a sermon from the Vicar at Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Grace and peace to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, the rock of our salvation. Some commentators of the Bible have said that this section of 1 Peter is the pinnacle of it. This is what you read up to, and then you see all of these Old Testament citations and these allusions and these titles that are just packed on top of each other, and you need to just calm down and look and examine every single one of them. So we're going to do just that this morning. So I'd like to invite you all to open up to page 9 in your bulletins. And if you're at home with us on Zoom, open up your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had no, not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the word of the Lord. I feel the pressure talking to you guys this morning. Truly, I do. I feel the pressure because, like I've said a couple times now, this is, this is a crazy huge text for us in the Bible, and especially in 1 Peter. This is, it's layered with citations, allusions. It's layered with illustrious terms that Peter has given to all the believers here. And along with sola gratia and sola scriptura, this is one of the third great rediscoveries of the Lutheran Reformation. This doctrine of the holy priesthood is a huge deal and has huge implications for us. I also feel the pressure as someone who comes to you as your vicar here at Sure Foundation Lutheran Church, called into the public ministry here at Sure Foundation Church to preach and teach the word of God rightly and correctly and how this precious doctrine has been abused by ministers in the past. I feel that pressure. I also feel the tension with this text because this is a rock that we cannot just leave unturned. This is a precious doctrine that has implications for you and has huge implications for me. This is not a sermon that can just be between me and God this morning. This 
is a text where God is speaking to a shoreline full of stones that he says that he has made these stones living and members of a royal priesthood here on earth. You might not feel the tension or the pressure like I do, but now I've kind of invited you to get along with it. You're in this royal priesthood. Throughout the entire New Testament, the Holy Spirit is careful not to give the word priests to really anyone in the New Testament except for Christians after their baptism. And it's something that they're given sort of as a birthright after their baptism when they're given this new life and forgiveness of sins. So that means all of us here, baptized Christians, are part of the royal priesthood. From the oldest among us to the week and a half hold here in this church. Now that I've invited you and told you that you're, you're a part of this royal priesthood, what does that mean? Maybe you have some questions. Maybe you're wondering, Vicar, how do I offer these spiritual sacrifices that it says in this text? How do I do that? How do I operate in this royal priesthood? Vicar, how do, how do I work and I serve, serve this church when I live a half an hour, an hour away, and I can only make it here when the trains are on time, when the buses are running, when traffic operates as it should? Vicar, if I'm a living stone like this text says that I am, then why do I feel so lethargic about my faith life and feel like I'm a rock that's sinking instead of being an anchor for people like I know I should be and want to be? Vicar, I'm a part of this holy priesthood like you said, but what does that mean outside of just Sunday morning? What does that mean for my Monday throughout the week? What does that mean for my Saturday going forward? This is a precious doctrine that we have in the royal priesthood. And it has profound implications for you and for me and for our lives and for our church too. And God has clear things to say about it. And what this priesthood starts and is based upon is it's founded upon the rock of our salvation, Jesus Christ. It's based upon the rock-solid living stone of Christ Jesus who is full of life and is able to give life and has all the power of life and is the, sport, the source of all spiritual life. We're built on a rock that doesn't sway or move or shift. We're based upon a rock that is solid, sure, and firm. And Isaiah and Peter calls him what he is. He is the cornerstone a finished stone, the hinge upon which the Christian church can either rise or it can fall. Maybe you know something about construction, but when you lay down the cornerstone, that is a decisive moment. When the cornerstone is laid down, that is where the building will grow. The building either grows from there and it will swell from there or it will stop right there. Without Christ, there is no Christian church. And with Christ as our cornerstone, that is what we are based and founded upon. And that is where our church swells and grows from there. And what God says in our text is that these living stones are built into a holy priesthood. And what makes them holy is nothing that they did on their own. What makes them holy is that Christ has made them so with his sacrifice for them on the cross to pay for all of their sins. It's not a title that's been earned by anyone. It's a title that's been given to you by Christ. I don't know what it is about this, but every house that I've ever been to that has a child or a boy specifically under the age of 13 
always seems to have a box of Legos, thousands of them, full of different plastic ones of different shapes and colors that have been a part of different projects or different objects that they've created in the past. How many of you guys have been to the Lego store in New York? I'm sure plenty of you guys have. I, I've never really been that big into Legos, but that place blew my mind. I learned that for a couple thousand of pieces and a couple hundreds of dollars, you can build the Millennium Falcon from the Star Wars movies. I didn't know that. You can also build something as huge as like the Roman Colosseum. Or you can even build MetLife Stadium over in East Rutherford, New Jersey. You can build all of those things if you follow the directions. And that's only if you follow the directions and don't just let your mind go wild and figure out what else you can make with these tiny, with a couple dozen plastic-shaped slabs of Lego bricks. For kids, it's easy. If they've got a Lego brick or they've got a building block or they've got Lincoln Logs, they can use their God-given gifts and they can use their imagination to create anything that they see out of these couple small little Lego bricks. Like Lego bricks in a building project, each priest is placed exactly where the Holy Spirit sees a need for these living stones. Each Christian priest has received particular gifts from the Holy Spirit for the upbuilding of the Christian church here on earth. And as Christians, each one of us has been called to serve as priestly functions on behalf of the church of our day. Now that might sound intimidating to you, but let me show you what has been asked of you. This comes from James. It says to pray on behalf of our fellow our fellow believers, to bring spiritual sacrifices of time, of talent, of treasure for the good of the church. Galatians chapter 6 says this, we are called to carry each other's burdens and gather together with other priests to encourage and prod one another along in this world. That's something that can happen here at this church, but that can also happen outside of the church in your lives as a Christian here on earth. Don't ever let these beautiful things be taken away from you or disregard them. You have direct access to God because of the all-fulfilling sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. In the Old Testament, priests were called to offer sacrifices to God to make satisfaction for sin. They interceded on behalf of the people. And made, all, and made sacrifices that were only acceptable to God through Christ. In the New Testament, we've done, we have that too. We only through Christ are these sacrifices, these spiritual sacrifices we make to God acceptable because of Christ. Our intercessor has made it so that every believer can do this, not just a couple of people. Don't ever let these things be taken away from you. Because this is an honor. For those who believe. Direct access to God. This is an honor. But for those who refuse to believe and invite the entire weight of this living stone, this cornerstone to fall upon them, to come crashing down on them forever. It's very simple. We can split the world up into two camps. Believers and unbelievers. For believers in this living stone, we are able to share in this victory of the resurrection, this victory over sin, death, and Satan. For believers, we've been given a new birth, forgiveness of sins, and we have the assurance of an eternal 
inheritance in heaven forever. For unbelievers, Jesus is an offense. He's something, his message is something that causes them to fall because they are disobedient to the message. They bring the full weights of the punishment of sin upon them. But for you Christians who believe, you will not be put to shame. Like it says in verse 9, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are a people that God had to have. One blessing that I've been able to experience in my life is that I am the son of a pastor. And there's plenty of blessings that go along with that. But one blessing in particular is people would come up to me and they'd say, Ben, you're a chip off the old block. I never really understood what that meant as a kid. I didn't know if it was a compliment or a criticism or anything. But the dictionary says that a chip off the old block is someone that has a very similar in character to his father or his mother. When we see it, say that we are stones that come from this living stones, in a way we're saying that we are chips off the old block. Christ who lives in us has chosen and set us apart by God for a holy purpose has made us right with God, which means that we're holy, which means that we are set apart and cleansed by God to serve him. Instruments of salvation as we proclaim God's excellencies in the world and offer God's sacrifices to God and intercede for others. Now notice something here in this text too. He did not say that you were living bricks as if you're something that can be replicated over and over again, something that can be made in a factory and churned out and just plugged and placed into anywhere that you can possibly be used. You're a living stone shaped by all the different situations that you lived in, shaped by all of the different situations that you lived through in your life, all the different adversities and all the different things that have worn you and have made you who you are today as a Christian matter and help as you have been placed as a living stone where you need to be placed by the Holy Spirit. You're not something that can just be purchased in a plastic bag at the Lego store and just used for whatever. You're a living stone bought with blood by Christ, polished by the blood of Christ to be this living stone and operate where you have been placed here in the world. You fit into this beautiful mosaic of stones that we have here at this church and out here in the world as Christians living according to the standards and the law of God. You belong here with these people, using your gifts in the best ways that you possibly can see fit. And God has asked you to faithfully use the gifts that you have been given here in this this spiritual temple here at this church, but also in the world. Recently, I saw a video online. It was of two teenagers. They were trying to, there was a huge rock on the side of a mountain that they were trying to unwedge. So what they, with a little bit of muscle and a little bit, with a couple of sticks, they tried to unwedge this rock. 
And once they were finally able to get this rock out, it slowly but surely went down, and then gravity did its work, and then right down the hill. And it started to pick up some speed. And that rock must have been, I don't know, maybe about the size of this thing here. So once it got going, it got going. It got about 12 miles an hour to 20 to 25. And eventually it was going down this mountain. It hit a bump on the mountain and it caught some air. And this rock hit a tree and split it right down the middle. Rocks are powerful. I think I know exactly what I can do looking at this room full of priests, full of these living stones that are ready to roll. And all I need to do is I need to give you a push. And the push that I have to give you is this. It's hope. Living hope. The most powerful thing that we can give someone in the world is hope. Hope of a better relationship. Hope of a better life. Hope of a better future of some sort. But our hope is bigger than that. Our hope is a living hope based on the promises of Jesus, based on the living hope of Jesus who is alive, who did not stay dead in the tomb, but rose after three days, ascended into heaven, and is ruling according to his will. Our hope is based on a living hope who has plans for us, who has promises for us, has promises of an eternal inheritance in heaven for us. An old seminary professor said this, that it has been rightly observed that Christ's gospel invitation never leaves the hearer the same. It either creates or strengthens faith in the hearer or hardens him and increases his antipathy to the message. The push that you need to get rolling is the hope that we have in Christ. To be able to proclaim his excellencies throughout the world using the gifts that you've been given in this world. You've been rolled right into place where you're needed. So serve well. Amen.